Welcome back to Resolve. We all encounter difficult issues at times. Life can get tough and it may seem impossible. But no matter what and through it all, Jesus Christ is the answer. And through him, we can rise up and be more than conquerors. Today's message is the first in a three-part series regarding three important things to young people. We'll talk specifically about having a relationship with God. Next on Resolved. Now, let's join Pastor Tom Porter. So I want to be a teacher, preacher this morning and uh, try to pass on three areas in a person's life that are very important. Now, there are hundreds of areas of importance in everybody's life. And, And the list would go on and on. I've learned 37 years dealing with senior adults. I've been blessed to meet some men and women with wisdom, with godly wisdom one of which his name was Paul Whitaker. Paul Whitaker was the longest employee for Florida Power, 52 years. He started when he just turned 17 years of age, and when he retired 52 years later, he was an electrical engineer. And um, uh, he just went to the school of hard knocks. But he was also a philosopher. You know somebody that you have a friend or somebody that, that, that's a deep thinker? Paul was a deep thinker too. He would always philosophize on different things. And uh, he loved his wife, uh, Jeannie, just a little bitty thing, didn't weigh 100 pounds. And she was in a wheelchair most of her life. And he would just pick her up in his arms and put her on a boat. If we were going boating on a houseboat or something, it didn't stop him. He swam a half a mile every day in his lake, infested with alligators. He said, those things don't bother me. I don't bother them. And he'd get out there and swim. And uh, he was just a unique individual. And he said, as one day he and I were talking, he made the tea for the senior adult ministry. That was his job, to make the tea, the iced tea. One day he and I were talking over a meal, and he said, you know, I tell my grandkids, and I tell any young person that will listen to me, I, I tell them to make sure of three things. So this is Paul Whitaker's three things that he thinks is important for teenagers and for young adults and really for anybody. You want to know what they are? This will be a three-part series, and today we'll talk about the first one, and that is have a relationship with God. Know that you have a relationship through Jesus Christ with God Almighty. Know that. Secondly, Know that the one to whom you marry is the one that God wants you to marry. Fall in love, you don't fall in lust. Well, that'd be a good topic next week, won't it? And then the third thing he says, I teach, I try to convey the importance to every young person, the importance of their finances. And to have control of their finances. Don't let finances control you. You control your finances. And so we'll talk about those three things as I sense the, the need for these young graduates and these young teenagers and young parents starting out with children uh, that, uh, that these things would help. And certainly there are a lot more things that we could look at. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and what we'll see in your word today. And and Father, for these that are graduating, God, I pray that you would uh, show them and convey to them and impress upon their hearts what your will is for their life, your perfect will, not just your permissive will, Father, but help them to get into the perfect will, your will. And Father, I pray that you would bless them. Bless the teens that are coming up through high school and, and learning and that they'll be seniors next year. And we pray the same, that you'll already be impressing upon their life what you would have them to be and do. What their calling is. Help every individual in this auditorium to sense your calling upon their life. Help them to sense your purpose for their life. Help them to sense the, uh, uh, the, the potential in their life, a godly potential that they can use to the glory of the Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Be right with God by knowing God and having a relationship with Him. At what age does that happen in an individual's life? How many of you were saved? How many of you came to know Christ as your Savior uh, when you were in elementary school? Raise your hand. Okay. And I dare say most of you were already attending Sunday school at the time. How many of you went to Sunday school when you were growing up? Or you're in Sunday school now? Raise your hand. See, that's Bible study. That's great. That is wonderful. So it happens at different ages. How many were saved as a teenager? Raise your hand. Okay, about half and half. How many of you were saved as an adult? Raise your hand. There you go. So it happens at various times in people's lives, salvation comes. If you would turn, if you should already be there, Proverbs and uh, chapter 1. Let's start at verse 7. Look what it says here. It says, fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The Bible says the fool has said there is no God. Have you ever despised wisdom? Don't tell me what to do. You ever said that? Hey, I'm my own man. I can do what I want to do. Don't tell me what to do. Has that spirit of rebellion ever welled up into your life? Yeah, sure it has. Sure it has. And Solomon here, speaking to his son, is saying the fear of the Lord. Now this fear is not God's going to harm me. God's going to beat me. This is reverential fear. You reverence God. You, you have a reverence towards God. I, don't, I never signed Reverend Tom Porter. I never signed that. Officially, sometimes it's done. You know, you have to do it officially, but you're not to reverence me. You reverence God. You should respect the pastor. I get that. So it's not a fear of God's going to beat me. God's angry at me and going to do something bad to me. The fear of the Lord is to be, hey, when we reverence the Lord and we, we, we know that He is God, He is wisdom, He is all in all, He is the I am that I am, and when we get a hold of that truth, then we better, hey, you know, what was that commercial when, uh, when, when, somebody, when, when somebody speaks, everybody, Merrill Lynch, when Merrill Lynch speaks, 
Remember those commercials? There'd be a dinner party or something, and somebody, Mary Lynch says, shh. Everybody listened, didn't they? And that's when God speaks, shh. We ought to listen. That's why prayer isn't just us talking, it is also us listening to God. Let's look on. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Oh, I hate it when he tells me to do that. I hate it when mother tells me to do that. Whenever you see this in, in, in the book of Proverbs, it's Solomon writing to his son. He, when he says, my son, that's, he, that's literally, he's saying, my son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. We had this in chapel last Wednesday, speaking to the, uh, uh, the teenagers, talking about honoring your moms and your dads and obeying them. For they shall be an anointment of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. Here it is again. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. How many of y'all remember Eddie Haskell? Y'all know what I'm talking about? All right. The old folks know Eddie Haskell. Right? He was a guy on Leave it to Beaver. Remember? Okay. Yes, yes, ma'am. He was so polite. Made me sick. Because you knew it was all, he was hypocrite. Because he was always trying to get Wally and Beaver into trouble. Wasn't he? And so, so, so God is saying to his son, hey, if sinners entice thee, if they, if they persuade you to do wrong, to do evil, to sin, he says, don't do that. Consent not thou. Verse 11, if they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood. Let us lurk privately for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in thy lot among us. <laughs> Let us all have one purse. I had dinner one time with a group of men and one of the men that sat next to me was uh, the coroner, the Bavard County coroner at the morgue. He said, I see the worst of society. And I can't share in a mixed room like this. I can't share all the things that he told me. Things that, that you know, I've been around. But man, some things he told me that what other humans do to other humans. It is animalistic. Bad. We live in a wicked world. Those kids that are with in these gangs, they didn't start out in gangs. They started out as innocent little kids. But without a mom and a dad or a grandma or a grandpa or an aunt or an uncle or somebody that's godly leading them in the things of God, then what happens is that it opens up so that they say, I don't like instructions. I like instructions now that I'm older. <laughs> I was rebellious just like the rest of us when I was a kid. But I love instructions, don't you? When you follow the instructions, say, things seem to turn out better. Have you ever made a lemon meringue pie and it says don't ever slam the door of the oven in the instructions and you forget and you slam the door? And that meringue goes from this to that right there. Why? Because you didn't follow the instructions. 
I like instructions. Let's read on. Verse 15. Here he says again, My son, walk thou, walk not thou in the way with them, and refrain thy foot from their path. For their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is, is spread in the sight of any bird, and they lay wait for their own blood. They lurk privately of their own lives. So are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain. Doesn't the Bible say that the love of money is the root of all evil, which taketh away the life of the owners thereof? Look at verse 20. Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. Solomon is saying, I'm crying out to you. I'm giving you every chance to make the right decision, to do the right thing, to not rebel against the things of God. Listen to me. You ever said that to your child? Listen to me. And they're like this. Look at me when I'm talking to you. You ever heard that? Yeah. That's what Solomon is saying. Verse 22. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity and the scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge? Turn you at my reproof. That's my correction. Listen to me. I'm trying to give you some correction. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you, will make known my words unto you, because I have called and you have refused. I have stretched out my hand and, and, and no man regarded. No one's grabbing a hold. But ye, verse 25, have set at naught all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when you fear, when your fear cometh, when your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Been there. Verse 28, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge. They made, listen, when you hate knowledge, you are bucking good choices. You're making bad choices. Life is about choices. We studied, was it last year, that the average adult, I believe it was 36,000 choices we make as an adult every day. 36 thousand choices every day that sounds astronomical maybe it's 3600 that sounds better 3600 where a child only makes about 3000 choices oh to be a child again right but 3600 that was it 3600 choices a day we make. You say, that's impossible. You made a choice what time you're going to get up. Made a choice what kind of socks you're going to wear. Made a choice when you're going to put the socks on. Made a choice when you're going to put your right foot on, your left foot on. You see, it adds up. Well, it's a choice. <laughs> we make choices. If you put your left shoe on your right foot, you made a bad choice. And it's going to be uncomfortable the whole day long unless you make a correction. And Solomon is saying, I'm in the streets hollering. I'm trying to get your attention to make the right choice. How many of you here today have made a wrong choice in your life? Raise your hand. I saw the first hand that went up. It went up in a millisecond. Some of you had to think about it for a second. 
We've all made bad choices. Look at verse 29 again. And they that hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They didn't choose to reverence the Lord. They didn't choose to go after the things of God. They didn't choose to go to church. They didn't choose to go to Sunday school. They didn't choose the things of God. They didn't choose to pray or read their Bible or do a devotion. They didn't want the things of God. They wanted to do what they wanted to do. Verse 30, they would none of my, they, they would none of my counsel. They despise all my reproof or all my correction. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices God says okay you want to do it that way you want to have it your way have it your way verse 32 for the turning away of the simple shall slay them and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them look at verse 33 but whosoever hearketh unto me shall dwell how safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil Mm. you know it it breaks my heart when I hear parents say to me, I'll let my kids make their own choice where they go to church. I'll, make, I'll let my kids, I, when they get old enough, they'll make their own choice about God. But it's those same parents that when they run their little child to the doctor and the doctor says, here's the prescription They must take it, all 30 pills, one a day until they're all gone or there's going to be consequences. That mother will walk through a field of alligators and snakes to make sure that child takes that medicine so that child is better physically. Does not the Bible say that we're not to fear fear the person, the one that can uh, just... Let me get it right because I'm trying to... Um, that can destroy the body, but fear the one that can destroy the body and the soul, the Bible says. In other words, fear God is what it's saying. Man, at, listen, that, that's ridiculous. I'm going to wait till they're old enough to make the right decision. Well, you know kids aren't going to make the right decision. What kind of, what kind of, what have you been smoking? I mean, you know, really, that, that is just ludicrous. Here, honey, here's a gallon of gasoline. You can do whatever you want with it. Well, I'm thirsty. I'll drink it. And then they drink it. Well, it's just stupid. You, you don't, a responsible, godly parent doesn't tell their child, you just wait. You know, when you get enough, you'll figure out God. And no. Hey, I'm more concerned about my children's soul than I am their body. Matthew 10, 28, and fear not them which kill the body, but but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. A child will follow after the flesh most of the time. We had a neighborhood kid, he drank gasoline, and I called the EMTs, and they said, Well, just make him run around the block till he runs out of gas, you know, and it's just I know that's old, that's old, I'm sorry. That's old. If you ask a 12-year-old, what would you rather do? Eat Doritos and soda and play video games or would you like to sit here and read God's Word? Most of them would say, I'll take the Doritos, the soda, and the game over the things of God. Sad thing is, most parents would too. Just being real. And that's why we have a generation of young people today that don't believe in God, 
don't want to believe in God. And now we have professors. It's we're, we're this world, this United States of America, this whole world is running from God as fast as they can. And it started when the Christians just went to sleep and we just didn't do anything. And we, they quit preaching the gospel. They keep they kept they they they, they, they quit talking about hell and, uh, and and heaven and and sin. There's there's churches today that would never have a cross, and I'm talking about a Protestant church just to never have a cross because that'll offend somebody. We're trying to reach the lost. Let me tell you something. Jesus died for everybody, okay? But the church is to save people. Church needs to be for saved people. <laughs> church is for Christians, not for the lost. Now, we need to bring the lost in. We need to win them over to the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, don't get me wrong. But Jesus died for the church. When the rapture comes, it's the church. And the world now today, they want to make the church like the world. They want it to look like the world. They want it to look like a bar or a dark, you know, room with flashing lights and smoke and, and, and you know, you can't tell the difference from that from a nightclub. And it, well, we didn't want the, we want the lost to feel comfortable in church. I'm so glad that God didn't make me comfortable to win him to, to win me to him. I became very uncomfortable. We used to hear Pastor Eldridge say, I pray God gives you no peace and no rest until you get saved. If we're comfortable, then we're comfortable. We don't need God. But if you get uncomfortable, you see that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. Guess what you got to do? You got to admit that, that I'm a sinner and I, I need to run to God. I need to humble myself. And we don't want to do that. We got to humble ourselves and we got to admit to God that we've been made, we've made wrong choices. And we need to say to God, God, I need, to, I need to start fearing you. I need to start reverencing you. I need to admit that you're God. And I'm a lost sinner. And I need Jesus Christ as my Savior. So that's step number one. Because we need to know. In all of life, what do we need to know? You need to know that you have a relationship with God. And I just described that to you. That Jesus died for you. He was buried. He rose again on the third day. And by coming to God and humbling yourself and saying, God, I admit to you I'm a sinner. Come into my life and save me. That's salvation. Parents are going to have a lot of heartache if you don't project the right image of God. Many young people, their first image of God is, is dad. And dad, if you're not walking with the Lord, if you're making wrong decisions, then... You know, some kids don't know who their dad is or their dad left them at an early age and they're thinking, well, maybe God's left me. My dad left me. Maybe God doesn't want me either. See how sad that is? Parents and students, where's your heart? What are your priorities? The Bible says that where our treasure is, there's where our heart will be also. I want to close with this illustration that Many years ago, my land's probably, well, I've been here since 2000, so it's probably late 1900s. Well, that sounds ancient, doesn't it? Late 1900s. Um, <laughs> you know what? We're all getting older, aren't we? That's, that's, we can't stop that. I can remember 
<laughs> my wife invited her friends from up in Chicago to come visit us. Have you ever said, once you've moved to Florida, hey, if you're ever in, to your northern friends, if you're ever in Florida, come look us up. We'd love to have you. And regretted it. <laughs> yeah. Becky had a girlfriend and, and uh, her husband, and they were high school buddies, and, and uh, now they've got a boy that's about 16, another boy that's about 12, and, and two twin girls, eight years old. And Becky said, hey, you know, if y'all ever come to Florida, look us up. About a week later, we got a phone call. Hey, we're flying to Florida. We'd love to stay with y'all. Well, good. How long y'all got? Two weeks. Two weeks. Really? Yeah, we'll need a vehicle too when we get there. All right? And uh, so uh, we loaned them our van. And uh, Becky said, I've got to work. Did you go to the airport? Uh, you're in the ministry. You don't work. So you just go to the airport. <laughs> And, uh, and pick them up. And I said, sure, I, I'll, I'll be glad to do that. Now, I've never seen the kids. I've never seen them. I, only, I, I know the mom and the dad, but uh, I knew them before they were even married, I believe. Yeah, they got married right around when Becky and I got married. Anyway, so I go to the airport, and I figured I could find them. And so, uh, so I'm looking for a mom and dad and four kids. So uh, while I'm waiting at Orlando Airport, I'm just watching people. That's fun. And uh, here comes two boys on, on a skateboard at the Orlando International Airport. There's no skateboards allowed at the airport, but here these two boys were just, you know, zipping along, you know, in the airport. I thought, good night. What's wrong with these parents today? They don't control their kids. That's ridiculous. I can't believe that. Don't get ahead of me. Here comes the two eight-year-old twin, blonde-headed, Rebecca and Rachel. And, uh, and there, then I see Jim and his wife, Charlotte. I thought, oh my goodness, they're my guest. <laughs> so we, we, uh, I, I, come on, come on, we go get their bags and everything. And, and they're all into lizards, snakes, and turtles. They're, they're outdoorsy people. They, 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 they yeah. And, you know, they were at the airport looking for lizards out by the parking lot. I mean, it was just crazy. And um, so we got home, and, you know, Becky, the whole week before they got there, uh, they we we had hung, uh, we'd fixed up the house. You know how it is. You want to make an impression on, you know, the kid, you, the girl that you went to school with, and, you know, and so uh, she made new curtains, sheer curtains for the windows in the dining hall, dining, <laughs> dining hall, in the dining room, and... Um, and what else? Oh, and then uh, my metal shed. You know, the Bible says to lay not treasures, uh, lay treasures up in heaven, not on earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt. You know that verse, right? So, you know, what, what God is saying is if you, if you're, if you're, if you're all about you teens, if you're all about the Xbox and, 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 uh, you know, you're, you don't have a purse, girls. You have either a Gucci or a Louis Vuitton. Fellas, you don't have tennis shoes. You either have Air Jordans or Nikes or Converse's are even back, you know? Uh, everybody names their clothing by the manufacturer of the clothing. We're, we're in such a, uh, society of, possessions and and fashion and so Becky made these beautiful curtains the sheer curtains for the dining room and 
and, um, and all. I can't begin to describe the chaos that went. Those kids were so... that The boys and the girls could never do anything together. They would fight. As a matter of fact, the dad took the boys to Disney. The next day, the mother took the girl. They could not go as a family. That's how bad it was. I mean, it was crazy. My pastor, I said, hey, can we borrow your, uh, your pontoon boat? and take? I won't take them out on the lake. Yeah, but make sure there's no snakes, you know, on the boats. And my snakes get on the boat because the boat stayed out on the lake. There were seven snakes on that boat. And the owner, the, the, uh, the, the, my secretary's husband, had a garden rake and a hoe. Uh, they was chopping the weeds around the, the lake. He had them on the dock. And those kids grabbed the hoe and the rake and they went to beating that pontoon boat uh, to try to kill those seven snakes. I mean, they hit the upholstery. Upholstery went flying everywhere. The indoor-outdoor carpet was getting all chewed up. They're trying to kill all these snakes. Oh, my lands. And I could go on and on and on. One night, the, the dad took the kids to Disney. As I explained, all day they're gone. Becky comes to me and she says, would you mind watching Rebecca and Rachel while we go get a cup of coffee? I said, no, that'd be fine. And so they go get a cup of coffee and I've got the kids. Well, I'm a great babysitter. I am. I, I, we went in the bedroom. I said, let's get all the mattresses, off, the top mattresses off every bed in the house. And let's put them in the bedroom, one of the kids' bedrooms. And these girls took gymnastics. They were awesome. They stood on the wooden dresser and they would do a flip in the air and land like this. And, and we, were, we were grading them, you know, 10, 9, 8.5. And they did it over and over and over again. And so here comes Becky and her girlfriend around 11 o'clock at night. I said, Becky, come in here quick. you got to see these girls. This is phenomenal. And so Rebecca or Rachel, one or the other, got on the dresser and she did her flip and she caught the corner of the dresser, that wooden sharp corner, hard, caught it right there and split her skull and blood went everywhere. So now we're at, we're at ER at Winter Haven Hospital and the mother's crying, begging for a, uh, derma, a dermatologist. Yeah, dermatologist, a skin doctor, whatever they call those people. Plastic surgeon. I never have understood that. There's no plastic in us, but I've never understood that. One of the mysteries of the world. It goes on and on. The last day. Well, the father, the father took my lawnmower, started it up. <laughs> it's a ride mower. And Becky said, now that you can't just turn the key on. Tom's got it. He's pulled all the safety devices off of this thing. It'll run when you're off the mower. I mean, you know, it, it, it'll run in reverse. It just, it runs all the time, but it won't start with a key. You got to jump start it with the screwdriver. You, some of you fellas know exactly the Illinois. You all know what I'm talking about. It's no big deal. And it'll start, very important here, it will start in gear. So he got over there, lifted the hood off, his old craftsman riding mower, and he, he jumped it with the, with the screwdriver shaft. He jumped it, and that thing took off. Shroom! Hit my metal shed reared up like a like trigger on its hind legs and, and just started pounding, pounding the shed, the metal shed, till it just caved in that one whole side. I got home from work. I'm sorry, I was in the ministry. I don't work. I got home and uh, walked in the house and, and, and Jim is lying on my couch. 
that's cool. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, and Becky goes, how was your day? Now, that's a loaded question. When your wife says, how was your day? And like this, how was your day today? That meant that her day didn't go so good, okay? And that be prepared, I'm fixing to hear something. And she said, I said, oh, I'm doing fine. I said, Jim, you wore out this floor. Did he get into you? He goes, well, he said, man, I've been working hard all day. And I said, well, what's up? He said, well, I'm, I was going to mow your grass, but I had a problem with your lawnmower. I said, really? Wouldn't it start? Yeah, it won't start. He goes, no, we got it started. <laughs> and we couldn't stop it until, it until it tore down your shed. Becky said that that happened early, like 10 o'clock in the morning, 9 o'clock in the morning, that happened. He spent the rest of the day rebuilding my shed. What he did not know is that my sliding doors that closed like this had been broken for years. He fixed those as well. <laughs> I, had a, I had a better, better shed than, than when we started. So the last day, company's about to leave, and I'm in the kitchen, and I'm so glad that I'm fixing to put them in my van. One kid said, I've got about a dozen lizards. Can I take those on the plane? I said, sure, man. I said, sure, you can take them on a plane. Yeah. I said, don't, don't, take, don't put them in your suitcase. They'll, they'll die in there. Just put them in your pockets, you know, <laughs> and get toilet paper and put toilet paper on top of them, and they'll stay right in there the whole time, you know. Good idea, you know. So then, so then I'm in the kitchen, and I'm thinking, I'm going to send them. I was so happy. I've never been more happier in, the, in my life. And I said, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm cooking. I'm making eggs and bacon. I'm orange juice, fresh-squeezed orange juice. We had an orange grove behind our house, you know. Best-tasting oranges are the ones you steal anyway. So I, I got a bunch of oranges, made, made juice for them and everything. And uh, uh, I, was, I made pancakes and syrup and butter all this deliciousness, and, and I'm singing in the kitchen, this is the day, this is the day that my company's going away, that my company's going away. I was so happy. So here comes Rebecca, and, you know, she's got stitches and a band, big old Band-Aid, her eyes are black, you know, and, and they sit down, and I'm feeding them, and they're eating, and Rebecca gets syrup all over her hands, and she, she's on a stool that swivels, and she just swiveled around, and grabbed a hold of Becky's brand new sheer curtains and just wiped her hands off on the... This is what I went through for two all weeks with these people. You know? By the way, I love them to death, and they've been to our house since. Well, the parents have. The kids have never darkened the door of our house ever again. They're full-grown adults, but I'm still not over, as you can tell. <laughs> we'll destroy this CD afterwards, all right? But the Bible says, the Bible says that moth is going to eat those curtains someday. And rust did eventually eat up that shed. Parents, young people, everybody in this room, if we have our treasures and if our hearts and minds are on earthly things, they're going to pass away. Heaven and earth shall pass away, the Bible says, but my word shall not pass away. So let's don't, let's don't cherish our earthly treasures. Let's build up treasures in heaven. How do we do that? By having the right relationship with God so that when you get to heaven, you'll know Him. He'll know you. And then you're storing up treasures. You're winning people to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
you're sharing your faith with others. You're handing out the truelife.org cards and you're handing those out and sharing. We had a Muslim that came and did a job for us. Didn't know he was Muslim. And, and I asked him, I said, what religious affiliation are you? And he said, well, I'm Muslim. And Mark was with me in my office and we had a, we had a nice discussion. And I was going to talk about it today. We don't have time for it. But, but listen, Allah is not our God. He's not. He's not. Allah doesn't believe in Jesus. Now, this, this Muslim thought so. See, so there's, there's all kinds of stuff out there. We need to know the truth because the truth will set us free. We need to know the Word of God. Let me encourage you. Don't, don't, don't look at earthly treasures. You've heard me say, if you own something, you're not willing to give it up. It does, you don't own it, it owns you. So let's, be, let's let our treasures be in heaven. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Tom Porter of Temple Baptist Church in Titusville, Florida. I would like to thank you for joining me in this podcast and bringing the good news that Jesus Christ is the risen Savior. There is no problem too big and no blessing too small when Jesus is the Lord of our lives. I would like to ask you a question. When you die, where will you spend eternity? Will you spend it with Jesus forever or be eternally separated from Him? You know, the Bible says, Whosoever calleth upon the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved from their sins. You know, it's God's desire for you to have faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. Your sins have separated you from God. You must admit to God that you're a sinner and ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Jesus bridges that gap between you on this earth and heaven. Will you accept Jesus as your personal Savior today? It's easier than you think. You can pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I admit to you that I'm a sinner. I realize that you paid the penalty for my sins on the cross and I want to receive you into my life right now. Save me from my sins. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you just prayed that prayer with me, then you've been born into the family of God. Thanks for listening. Resolved is a production of Temple Baptist Church, Titusville, Florida, USA. If you wish to send us a question or comment, reach out to us by email at resolved.tbc at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at Resolved Podcast. Make sure you visit our website at www.templebc.net. If you're ever in our area, we hope that you'll come by and see us. Remember, Jesus is Lord. Take care and God bless you.